Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is April 29th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Let's get to Dustin May here. Five innings, two hard runs, three hits, four walks, and four Ks against the Cardinals. Yes, he did get a win, but I feel like Dustin May isn't going to live up to the expectations that I had. Maybe you had, too, entering the season of being this legitimate SP3 type as I don't feel like he just does enough with his repertoire. It's a lot of sinkers, and it's a lot of reliance on those to get his strikes, and they're not really that great. They're really good to be used maybe 15-20% of the time to really jam right-handers, but I feel like he's not really the kind of pitcher we want him to be that's overwhelming with those fastballs. Same thing goes with the curveball and the cutter. Only five total whiffs, actually four total whiffs across 40 cutters, curveballs, and changeups all coming on that curve. Yeah, that's not it. That isn't the Dustin May that I want to see. I don't really know if we're going to get that this year. So not saying that he's not going to be good for your 12-teamers, just not the overwhelming SP2, SP3 that we kind of hope for. And if somebody's willing to buy Dustin May for that kind of price, then sweet, um, go and make that trade. Max Reed and David Peterson pitched a five-inning game against uh, Atlanta and the Mets, of course, I uh, where that game ended after five innings because of rain, and luckily for the Braves, they scored four runs against David Peterson uh, to win that game. Max Reed aces again, ace, killed it in that. I think he's uh, underrated at the moment, while David Peterson, it's weird to see him change up do well, and as opposed to the slider, I don't really know if I totally buy it from him, but he does have... A good schedule coming up, and David Peterson should be rostered for those that games those games against the Tigers, the Reds, and the Nats. I can't speak straight. Apologize, it's late. It's just how it sometimes happens on the weekends. Y'all get it. I'm good healthy-wise. I'm good healthy-wise. I'm good health-wise for the most part. I still can't enunciate as clearly as I used to, but we're getting there, guys. Uh, who's not getting there is Jacob DeGrom. He left this one with forearm tightness and does feel like it's going to happen. This is it. Um... All of that, no one should be taking any victory laps on injuries whatsoever, ever. It's bad, bad juju. I really didn't want to see this. They say it's precautionary. Yeah, okay. We know. And uh, I just wish that he can pitch a full full season. Um, Aaron Nola, eight innings, one and run, three hits, zero walks, six Ks against the Astros. Awesome to see that. I don't like seeing 17% CSW on his curveball, though. That's not fun. He gets the Dodgers and Toronto next. This is part of that gauntlet for Aaron Nola. It's the lowest earned run total he's had all year with just one earned run. So I hope that the curveball comes back. That's really the thing to me that is going to make me excited about Aaron Nola. I'm glad he was able to get by with the Colts strikes a ton in this one. Um, it feels like he's not going to be the guy without that curveball back. But the Dodgers haven't been so strong. So hopefully we're all good with Aaron Nola. Tyler Anderson got the Gallows pole with 20 whiffs on the night against the Brewers. 6.2 innings, one earned run, five hits, three walks, and seven Ks. And guess what? Yes, it's the changeup going 13 for 45 whiffs that really propelled that. 
47% CSW for Tyler Anderson's changeup is insane. That's what you want to see. But it was against the Brewers, and this is the Rangers next. I don't really want to do that. But I do like that Anderson did have his changeup. It's just one start of really having it. So I can't really bank on that against the Rangers. Wade Miley against the Angels. Six innings, one earned run, seven hits, zero walks, two Ks. Do you want to Vargas rule this? He gets cores in the Dodgers next. I don't. If you want to, go ahead. Knock yourself out. Merrill Kelly just survived cores, though. And I've been pretty down on Merrill Kelly, essentially calling him a Toby. Not a Holly, a Toby. Six innings, one earned run, and six hits, one walk, and five Ks. In case you're wondering, a Holly is just a better version of a Toby that is over 20% K rate. Well, a Toby is sub 20%. Kelly now gets a lovely schedule. Nats, Marlins, Athletics next. So, yeah, hold on to this one. That's fine. Uh, Shane Bieber against the Red Sox is a Holly. Seven innings, two runs, five hits, two walks, four Ks. Maybe a Toby. He's not going to be a 25% plus strikeout rate is the point here. His slider, one out of eight whiffs, 13% CSW. What is going on? This was one of the premier pitches in baseball for like three years. And Shane Bieber hasn't had it. I don't know, man. It's terrifying. I'd sell high on Shane Bieber if I could. Because any idea of what Shane Bieber is is just not it right now. Lucas Giolito against the Rays. And maybe Shane Bieber does get better, but I don't know. 6.2 innings, 200 runs, 8 hits, 0 walks, 6 Ks for Giolito against the Rays. I uh, threw 92.4, which isn't what you want to see. You want to see 93-94 from Giolito. He only threw eight change-ups, and that is not a cool thing. Um, it was more fastball slider, and the fastball slider was really the Blake Snell blueprint, which is nice, and maybe you can incorporate those change-ups. And I ranted in the SP Roundup about this. I want to do it again here. I got a really great email um, from a listener um, talking about uh, how some pitchers say, like, look, the thing that analysts miss is that we change what we do start by start based on the game plan and who we're facing and we adjust and we're not just like one thing and that's all we are. And I understand that. Um, I will say that there are certain pitchers that can do that where they have a full repertoire of stuff and they'll change it. For example, uh, guys will throw more change someone day like Carlos Carrasco because he's going against lefties while against righties he'll throw more sliders. So if we say like, whoa, he's... His changeup went up 30% this game. That's because he threw against lefties. Um, sometimes it's also, of course, saying like, look, this guy's really bad at sliders, so I'm going to throw more of those. Or this guy really hits my curveball. I'm not going to throw that. And that might go through the entire game like that. But that's usually small changes and not really sweeping ones. You know, guys that generally throw high and low are not also going to be east-west. And I generally also am in the mindset of a pitcher should be throwing their best things regardless of the hitter most of the time. That is, it feels so bad getting beat on your number three, number four pitch on something that isn't your best skill and not executing that skill and getting burned by it. Why would you do that? That is not your best thing, right? So... It's like a guy trying to shoot a three because that's what's given up to him, but he's not a three-point shooter. And I feel like in this game, you could say, oh, he didn't throw change-ups because the Rays are good against change-ups or something like that. That's that's weird. I, I wouldn't change who I am because of the 
the batters. If you're good at something, do it and get beat by that thing because you were good at it, you know, because they're better at it. Okay, fine. I can hang my hat on that, you know. And hey, this works for Giolito. Maybe that was the game plan and it worked. By all means, go ahead. But as an analyst, I'm still going to be out here and say, okay, that's what they're deciding to do as a team. But I still think that's a bad idea. I think it's too generalized. I think there is a lot of nuance to go into the individualized at-bats and what you should be using. And by saying this full season that he is this kind of guy, I think that is wrong. Very much so. But I think the general blueprint of how they have success is coherent. And then the real fun comes into what they should be throwing inside the specific at-bat because of what the batter is good or bad at. I think that's fine. Does that make sense? Okay. We go on and we're going to talk about Jesus Lazardo, Alec Manoa, Luis Castillo, Marcus Stroman, so many other guys after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hazel Lazardo won 6.2 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 6 Ks. It's so frustrating seeing 100 run in 6 innings, and then they come out for the 7th, and then they allow another run. <laughs> That's what happened here. 40% CSW on both the slider and the changeup. 97 really for Luzardo this start. This start. Everything is great here. Marcus Stroman is a holly, but only 3Ks here, but... Yeah, you trust him more than your standard Toby. When against the Marlins, you expected more, but whatever. Alec Manoa went five innings, two hard runs against Seattle. That's really good, but it was 10 base runners, six hits and four walks and seven strikeouts. He's not back. The slider was gone. It was could not be trusted here at all. He got 14 called strikes in the sinkers, and that's what got him through the outing. He did get five whiffs on four seamers. It wasn't like 10, but at least he's getting some now. Yeah, this isn't it for, uh, for Manoa. I'm still waiting for the tiara to come off. That is, turn it around right away, if you're not familiar with tiara. But yeah, um, Alec Manoa isn't the guy we want him to be right now. And uh, I hope he is soon. Luis Castillo against the Jays. Five innings, two and runs, six hits, two walks, four Ks. He didn't have a slider or his changeup, and he only had a 12% CSW, and he still managed to survive. Good job, Castillo. I don't expect this moving forward. I'm glad that it wasn't so bad when you didn't have your best stuff. Zach Eflin against the White Sox. Five innings, 200 runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. Honestly, 74 pitches. I'm happy that the Rays will likely push him to 80 next time. You wanted it to be better with the whip against the White Sox. Whatever. You move on. Framber Valdez did not have his good curveball whatsoever. Seven innings, 300 runs, eight hits, zero walks, three Ks for Valdez against the Phils. Again, I'm happy he survived without his best stuff. He's not going to get the aces going to ace that because he's always going to have a whip over one every single start. It was a 1.14 in this one. I feel like he's destined to be around that to 120. It called the Valdez curse. And yeah, that's just how it is. 
Cal Freeland did well against the Diamondbacks and Cores. I don't care. I mean, it was a PQS, like poor quality start. Three Ks, like not like exceptional. So don't chase that. Drew Rosinski returned, and he's nothing that you want to focus on right now. But maybe in the future he can be a Toby Wee stream or something like that. Luis Sessa, whatever. Nick Pavetta, four and runs in five innings, and you shouldn't be trusting Nick Pavetta. David Peterson, we already talked about. Jack Flaherty actually had a good start. I know. 4.2 innings, 4 and runs, 7 hits, 2 walks is not what you want. But 7 Ks, 15 whiffs, 34% CSW. He was 93-94 in the fastball. He went 11 of 30 whiffs on the curveball. Not the slider on the curveball. Kind of weird. But whatever, he's getting whiffs with the secondary and he has fastball velocity. I honestly think that Flaherty, 3 of his last 4 games did the things we want to see, and he's more dependable than the lines will tell you. The lines will tell you that he's back and forth and cherry bomb-esque and you can't believe it. I actually think that Flaherty figured something out four starts ago and has been grooving with that. He gets the Angels, Cubs, and Brewers next. Not the most exciting with the Angels and Cubs because they have been, I think, a top 10 offense the last 14 days or so. Still, I think Flaherty is someone to be holding on to moving forward. Clark Schmidt, 8 Ks, but 11 base runners in 5 innings, 500 runs. The slider was good. I think there is a problem here for Schmidt against the lefties, as he doesn't have a changeup away. He doesn't have a good four-seamer. And those are generally good nullifiers against lefties. He has a sweeper, but he doesn't have a vicious slider to go uh, back foot against lefties. It, it just doesn't quite, he doesn't really have that thing. Now, a cutter is good against them, but he needs something else. And I wonder what that's going to be. I'm staying away from Clark Schmidt right now. Jordan Lyles, 700 runs, 4 innings against the Twins. You really shouldn't be trusting Jordan Lyles unless it's like the best matchup and you're desperate for a quality start. And Pablo Lopez, 6 innings, 600 runs, 8 hits, 1 walk, 7 Ks. Honestly, this felt like one of those starts where it just didn't go his way. And he did not pitch to the tune of 600 runs. He pitched to the tune of like 200 runs. And it wasn't the greatest start he's ever had. He was at 94, not 95 plus, but yeah, Pablo deserved better. I'm not, I think two starts ago was the one that was really, really frustrating. This one was a step in the right direction. I think he's going to be much, much better uh, moving forward. Feel good about Pablo Lopez. Looking at today's starting pitchers, Spencer Strider, Kevin Gosman, Kling Kershaw, Corbin Burns, Christian Javier, Zach Wheeler, Hunter Green, Reed Detmers, Grayson Rodriguez. Are all auto starts. Grayson Rodriguez is here because of the rain out yesterday. And I do apologize to everybody. I accidentally had Sonny Gray still in the one for today and not Bailey Ober. The game is going on right now, so it doesn't really matter what I say. I haven't seen the result. I would have put Sonny, uh, Bailey Ober in the probable start tier, probably above, uh, I would, I would put him above Vince Velasquez. It is the Royals. I literally don't know what the line is. Uh, I'm going to say above Joe Musgrove because that is terrifying today. Oh, yeah. Probable start tier. So it would be barely over. Joe Musgrove, Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi, Vince Velasquez, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Dean Kramer. Keep in mind, with the Musgrove start, it's in Mexico City. And we just don't know how it's going to go. And I'm just like, I kind of don't want to do it. But you start your studs. So he's here in the probable start. Um, Jordan Montgomery against the Dodgers. They've been struggling a little bit. So that's okay. Uh, Nathan Evaldi, the Yankees do not have Aaron Judge. Vince Velasquez is a stream pick of the day against the Nationals. Eduardo Rodriguez against the Orioles and Dean Kramer against the Tigers. Uh, Dean Kramer, I think, didn't do well here. <laughs> but he wasn't in, because it was the Tigers, I'm going to be honest here and I understand. 
I my thought process and everything. I'm just going to keep going with this podcast. Questionable starts here. Lance Lynn, Matthew Boyd, Rich Hill, Edward Cabrera, Zach Plesak, and Tyler McGill. Um, Lynn against the Rays is obviously questionable here. Matthew Boyd against the Orioles. Don't know how he did. I just saw that Kramer did poorly. Rich Hill against the Nationals. That could work out as it has so far for Rich Hill against weak teams the past couple starts. Edward Cabrera against the Cubs. I don't trust the command. Zach Plesak against the Red Sox. Hopefully 50%, 50% sliders will work. I don't know. And Tyler McGill against Atlanta. Maybe that does work out. That has actually been postponed. Um, and we'll see for tomorrow uh, how they structure that rotation. They might not actually need to go with Jose Buto because Tyler McGill uh, will take that spot. And then Scherzer returns on Monday. The do not start tier. Sean Manaya against the Padres. That is just in Mexico City, and I don't even know how long he's going to go for. Brian Bayo is replacing Garrett Whitlock in that uh, rotation because Whitlock is on the IL. Brad Keller, Caleb Killian, Johnny Brito, Noah Davis, Chris Flexen, Tommy Henry, Yanni Chirinos, Patrick Corbin, and Kyle Muller, and Chad Cool. You don't really need me here. Caleb Killian, I know, is going against the Marlins, but it's an MLB debut, or at least a season debut, and didn't look good in the minors. Tomorrow, much more important. Drew Rasmussen, Sonny Gray, Nick Lodolo, Justin Steele, Charlie Morton, and Chris Bassett are all my auto starts. The first four, I think, are obvious. While Charlie Morton against the Mets, uh, I think I'm going to go with it. He looked good in the last couple starts, and the Mets, fine. Chris Bassett against the Mariners. I mean, the Mets are a good offense, don't get me wrong, but they're not. I think the Rays, Rangers, or Jays, in my view, at this moment. And Chris Bassett against the Mariners. I think you just start Chris Bassett these days. Yu Darvish in Mexico City against the Giants has me hesitant. You have Nestor Cortez against Texas. This is the probable start here. I think you still go with him, but I don't really love it. Brady Singer is a little bit better than Cherry Bomb, and he gets the Twins. I think you're fine with it. Logan Allen against the Guardians. I prefer more than the other side of Chris Hill against the Guardians. Logan Allen, of course, against the Red Sox. I apologize. I like what I saw from Logan Allen. Chris Sale, I know he's been very Cherry Bomb-esque, but he really does deserve better than the failures he's gotten. Yohan Avieda would be my string pick against the Nationals, but he's picked up in half of leagues right now, which is shocking to me, but I guess he's done that well. But I don't think he deserves that as far as his actual skill set at the moment. He's still unpolished, I think, with his command, but it's the Nationals, so fine. And Kyle Bradish is able to be streamed against the Tigers. I'm going to do that. And then Martin Perez without Aaron Judge, I think... Could even be above Bradish, could even be above um, Aviedo here because that is a much worse offense. Questionable starts here. Jose Urquidy couldn't do well if you're chasing a win against the Phillies. Josiah Gray against the Pirates. Pirates have been good, so I'm a little bit hesitant for that one. And Josiah Gray's command isn't polished. You have Alex Cobb in Mexico City, and that's terrifying. Spencer Turnbull against the Orioles. That could work if you're desperate for a good start. And Noah Syndergaard, if you're desperate for a quality start, this could work against the Colonels. Maybe he does get a win as well. The Colonels have been struggling. In the do not start tier, Jose Suarez, Marco Gonzalez, he gets Toronto. Ryan Nelson gets Coors, Bailey, Falter against the Astros. Ken Waldachuk, Colin Ray, probably Tyler McGill, and he will slot at the end of questionable starts here now. Mike Clevenger, Brian Hoeing, Austin Gomber and Jake Woodford close out the Do Not Start tier. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. But my name is Nick Pollock, and may your bat be low and your strikeouts high.